0: Welcome in to the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs post-game show. It is a victory party. Patrick Allen here along with Sterling Holmes, who's drinking a KC beer. The Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Las Vegas Raiders, as per usual, 31-17 after giving us all heart attacks to start the game. As Sports Illustrated's Matt Verderam is also joining us. No, he'll be keeping an eye on On a a close game, there going on with uh, Philly and Buffalo. How you doing, fellas? I'm I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Great.
1: (laughs) All's quiet on the Western Front after the uh, first quarter, huh? The Raiders about to hang that. Well, at least we beat the Chiefs in the first quarter. Banner. It's all they have.
2: I'm not going to lie to you though. First quarter of that game, I really was like, this might be like the Three Mile Island version of the Chiefs. This game. (laughs) Yeah. This might be it. I mean, fourteen nothing. And like throwing nothing but bubble screens and just going backwards. And it felt like, okay, this is like, this is now the, what this offense has become. And uh, then they started to roll and that was it. Then they just completely blew them out. But man alive, that was a rough uh, start to the game.
1: It's a season of giving, Verderam. come on. The Chiefs are yeah. being generous.
2: They were generous. You know, it should be noted, unless I'm forgetting something. I don't think I am. Uh, they didn't have a turnover, right, this game? No
0: turnovers. Second
2: time all year, they did not have a turnover in a game. The only the game was Minnesota. And all week, I know we didn't do the regular shows a holiday. All week, I went into the game saying, in my head, if they don't turn the ball over, they won't lose. It's all about turnovers. Thankfully, they were able to avoid big mistakes.
0: Yeah, you know, this one felt a little bit to me at the beginning, like the the Chargers game, where the Chargers kind of came out with something on, on offense that Chiefs weren't quite ready for on defense. They looked bad for a couple of drives. And then once they figured out what the Chargers were doing, that was it. That was pretty much the case here. And frankly, even that second touchdown, they just sometimes it, Jacobs is a good back. That running the football is what they do. It's one of the things they do well. Uh, but what made it worse was the offense, right? Because I mean the offense came out and just looked like, yeah, we don't have any, we don't have any answers. And then uh then they started throwing the ball to Rasheed Rice. It turns out when they do that, things tend to work out. What do you think of Rasheed Rice's performance in this game, Starling?
1: Yeah, I mean, come on. They finally used him. And all it took was injuries to McColl Hardman and Kadarius Toney for the wide receiver room to shrink. They still don't really like using Richie James as a receiver. It seems like they love using him on special teams. So then you're left with, what, four guys? MVS had a great block on the Rasheed Rice touchdown. If we're going to rip on the guy, give him some credit when he actually does something right. Yeah, it's a lot of money for a blocker, but it's still a Phenomenal block But Rasheed Rice was incredible in this game Obviously he had the one big drop You maybe say he could have had two early on in the game But he wasn't going anywhere That was more on Mahomes, in my opinion, than, than Rice But yeah, Rice was great This was a game of adjustments The offense, the defense, special teams They adjusted We've not seen that Every game up until this point The other team has adjusted to Kansas City And the Chiefs have had horrible second halves This time around, it was different
0: Yeah um, Verra, I just wanted to ask you Yeah the Chiefs targeted in this game, uh, their top three in targets. Rasheed Rice had 10 targets. Travis Kelsey, seven. And then Isaiah Pacheco had five. Do you feel like that should be in some order the top three targets for them in every game for the rest of the season?
2: I, I feel like we've talked about this for a month. They're the three best players in the offense, not in Mahomes. I mean, I'm, not, I'm obviously not including the offensive line. But I mean, in terms of like weaponry guys, I mean, they are, they're clearly the three best guys in the team. I, I don't know how you could argue anything else. And, and look, I think Watson... Has his place, and forgive me, because I've also got to write this Bills Eagles game. So I'm sitting there, like, kind of watching this while we're doing this. I mean, Watson has his place, but Watson's not as good as those guys. He's not. Like, and that's fine. Like, that's fine if he's your third option, fourth option as a receiver. But Rasheed Rice made plays in that game. Like, the one play that gets lost, I think, first drive that they scored on, they had a third and eight, and he caught a crossing route in the red zone. He dragged that guy for five yards. That guy was like a backpack. I mean, he literally caught the ball with the guy on him and was like, that's nice, and then just ran an extra five yards. There's no other receiver they have making that play. Nobody. I mean, to me – and by the way, the other guy to get involved is Noah Gray. Yes, Get him more involved, man. You take a receiver off the field and he's out there. Like, to me, those guys need to be the bell cows on this offense. Absolutely, unequivocally have to be the answers for this team.
1: Well, and let me ask you this, because I, I noticed this right before half. What, what got the offense going was 12 personnel, right? When Noah Gray and Travis Kelsey was both on the field, it added the physicality, because early on in that game, the Raiders were with a more physical team. They were punking the Chiefs. So what did the Chiefs do? Put two tight ends out there. At one point, they actually went 13 personnel as well. They became the more physical uh, team. They became the, the dudes playing bully ball. You think the Chiefs need to almost run with this? They were finessed for so long. But it now seems like they have to transition to a more physical style. Do you think we're seeing that unfold in front of our eyes?
2: Well, I I think they have to realize that this team is not built to just rip off a bunch of chunk plays. I mean, it's not what they're going to do. And if they do find a way to get chunk plays, it's going to be a lot of yards after catch. I mean, Rice's 39-yard touchdown. wasn't a bomb down the field. It was a catch and run. By the way, might surprise you, they lead the league in yards after catch. Like they, They lead the NFL in yards after catch. They cannot throw the ball down the field. You've got to understand, by the way, thirty-one twenty-eight, Buffalo, the minute fifty-two to go. Um, they've got to understand who they are and who they are as a team that can get downhill and they have a punishing receiver on the outside. Like, I hate the fact he dropped that one ball would have been a first down, but I'm also to the point, like, you know what? You don't have any better options. That kid, that kid can make plays. And at this point in time, it's not like you're like, well, he drops balls, but everybody else gets wide open. No, they don't. Like, you might as well feed that kid when McKinnon comes back at him involved in the pass game, fine. I think if you're the Chiefs, you have to be willing to do the, you know, hey, take a profit, right? You won't go broke. That kind of a game plan, it worked. Scored 31 points. I'll them 31-3 at the start of the game. So that's the way you need to play. And
0: I think some of that's been Mahomes too. You know, he's not without fault in the way that this offense has played at times this year. Some untimely turnovers. And I think at other times, we've talked about this on the podcast where they just need a few yards. It's just a first down to keep a drive going. And as you pointed out Verderim, It's not that you want them to not be aggressive and you don't want them to not take shots. But when the offense is struggling, and I think that that's what today was about, was even all those screens early in the game. I think Andy was like, let's just get going. I know it didn't work early, but throw into the running back. There were more screens later in the game, right? Just get the ball in the hands of your playmakers, get things going. If the Chiefs can do that on a consistent basis, that's going to open up those plays for them down the field. For guys like Watson, who I think would came open on, on a play where I, either Mahomes didn't see him or the pressure got there too soon, I, I think that's what they were going for. Would you guys? Would you guys agree? Do you think Andy's trying to just like, hey, let's just let's get some first downs, man?
2: I mean, I think you at times need to understand that when you're struggling, the best thing to do is just simplify it. Just get, just be simple with it. You know, don't try to execute some high level thing that right now, like face it. they're not they're not gonna execute. They're not, they're not at that point right now. I thought today one of the things, by the way, the, the Raiders deserve an assist on this. I mean, nothing says the Raiders like just playing soft zone coverage and letting Kelsey just torch the crap out of you across the middle of the entire game. Now, the one throw I will say was a great throw by Mahomes. Okay. Oh yeah. Couple of those throws he's just wide open 15 yards down the field. I mean that... You know, the, the Raiders play a lot of zone, and that's what you get. And by the way, the Packers, they play more off coverage than anybody in the NFL. So you're going to see a ton of that next week, too. The Chiefs have to take advantage of that. Like, next week, if the Packers are going to sit 12 yards off the line, let them do it. Let them sit there. Fine. You know, I think that needs to be the way you play. You need to be smart.
1: I said, going into this game, this team is not uh, electric enough. We don't see a ton of big plays. Mahomes with the deep ball, as you mentioned, good yards after catch. But As far as the actual deep ball, the connection has not been there. They can't fall behind the sticks. Didn't have a ton of penalties in this game, although they obviously had a couple with Jawan Taylor, which I'll get to in just a moment. But when they're ahead of the sticks, when they actually play the simplified offense, as you mentioned here, Ram, they're very effective. When Mahomes is not trying to do too much, and at times, him trying to not do too much might result in him missing a streaking Justin Watson down the field. But guess what? That's fine. Because again, if this team focuses on just doing the little things, they are way too talented the defense is way too good, and they will find ways to make plays individually when when they need to, right? Because they were trying to play too tight earlier on in that game. I, I firmly believe that. Everyone was trying and focusing on not trying to make a mistake. You don't want to play tight, but also just take what the defense is giving you. This is the first time this season where I sit here and go, how many throws did Mahomes force this game? Can you guys think of a single throw Mahomes forced?
2: No, I can't. It's a good point. And- I, by the way, uh, for anyone not watching, Philadelphia is at the edge of field goal range right now. Forty seconds and two timeouts. The Buffalo thirty-four. They're moving down the field with no resistance, and the Bills just so That's free five yards. I think. I think it's on Buffalo. Um, anyway,
1: no, look, I, But also by the way, they actually ran the ball on third and one. We, yeah. I mean, like, come on. That's talk. Talk about simplifying it. There you go.
0: I wanted to mention just off the top here, because it won't, it may not stay this way. The Chiefs are back to being the, the one seed in the AFC. Obviously, the Ravens still have to play a game; they got a game in hand over the Chiefs. But right now, as the standings sit, the Ravens are the four seed because they haven't played. But if they were to, if they, they you know, all these teams have the right. same record: the Chiefs, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, the Ravens are all eight and three. The Chiefs are atop. Uh, and can control their own destiny in this. So it was good for them to get back on track. But I'm with you, Sterling. This is a team that has not been fundamentally sound on offense. They're dropping balls. They're getting stupid penalties. They're having bad turnovers. What they need is not a big chunk play down the field. What they need is confidence. They need to get confident. They need to get into a rhythm. And it didn't start out well, but as the game went on, once once they kind of broke through there and they had that drive and they got a touchdown, you were like, oh, okay, this is the way this offense is supposed to work. They're going to matriculate the ball down the field. They're going to score touchdowns. They're going to play great defense. And you're going to look up and they're going to erase a 14 point lead and they're going to win by double digits.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I just give you the Chiefs, you have to understand that you're built right now with a great defense. I mean, that, that's the thing that's going to get you through. I mean, that, that is, and then the offense, your hope comes around. And today, Mahomes threw for 298 and they didn't turn the ball over and Pacheco was effective and, I mean, this is how you have to play. This is how you have to play football right now. You know, and, and look, give them credit to the Raiders. I mean, the first drive they completed a bunch of third downs. The the last drive they scored on the field goal. I mean, hey, listen, that throw and catch by O'Connell and Myers. I mean, that you couldn't. There's nothing you could do. I mean, McDuffie was on him like white on rice. It happens. You live with it. They need to. They need to just find a way right now to keep things moving. And uh, if you can do that with the way the defense is played for the most part this year, you're going to win a lot of football games. That needs to be the the way they play, and not so much these huge, 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 huge plays down the field. You're not going to get a ton of those.
1: And again, going to the the Chiefs' defense, you know, that first quarter, we're sitting here going, "Okay, is this the collapse? Is this is this the reversion back to 2018?" I don't think that's actually the case, but there's still a part of the part of you in the back of the mind saying, "Okay, are they really this good?" Now, I've I've always tried to tell folks all the analytics back up the numbers. This Chiefs' defense is elite, but I, I'm, I'm sitting here going. They adjusted. How many times this season have they had to adjust, right? I, I don't know of many times they've had to make major adjustments, and they did in this game. Uh, again, it started with Derek Nottie. You, you don't think of much of Derek Nottie, right? It was a huge run stop. Then what happened? You have Drew Trank, Leo Chenal, and then, oh, Mike Dana gets his name into the ring. As the game progresses, the pass rush also got better. You mentioned Tripp McDuffie, Legereus Sneed again. Second half, what was it, zero receptions for Devontae Adams? Get them all in the first half. Again, that is adjustments right there. I like seeing more Leo Chennault. We've seen him more. We saw him in a base 4-3 actually against the Eagles because the Eagles are very good at running the football. What have we seen in this game? Getting downhill, stopping the run as well. I've just been a big fan of his development. The Chiefs' defense, in my opinion, is growing. They're getting better. And this was huge for me. Again, I don't think the Raiders are a good offensive team. They do have some weapons, but I like seeing them have to adjust because we've not had to see that much this season.
0: Yeah, and what, can, what else can you say about LeJarius Sneed? And the, the confidence that Steve Spagnuolo has shown in him in the last two weeks to be like, oh, yeah, I want you to follow A.J. Brown, and then next week I want you to follow Devontae Adams. And that he's he's not scared, you know? He got beat for a couple plays there early in the game. Fine. You're going up against a great player. It's a tit for tat. There's been talk about them wanting to re-sign him. How important do you guys think it is that the Chiefs have Legereus need on the team next season?
2: I mean, obviously it's important. I think the, the big question is can they afford him? I mean, he's gonna be, I would think, the highest paid corner in free agency next year. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's gonna get close to twenty million bucks a year. I mean, are they gonna pay him? They're gonna pay him twenty million a year, are they gonna give him four and seventy-five, four and eighty? You know, that's the question. Maybe you tag him. But you know, the big guys are he and Jones. What are you gonna do? So if you want I know people like for whatever reason have problems with Chris Jones sometimes. Like, listen, you're not win the Super Bowl that either year without him. So What are you going to do? I think that's the big question, you know, and they're going to have to figure it out. Uh, By the way, uh, 30 seconds left in Philly. The Eagles, Kelsey's been called for two false starts in the last few minutes. So it is a third and 17. They're out of field goal range now. They have no timeouts. It is pouring in Philadelphia. And it's a third and 17 from the 41. So this could be, they've tried to sneak Jalen Hurts twice in a row for reasons I can't understand. Like they're running draws with him. I, I don't know why. Now he's going to throw the ball. Finally, that's a nice change of pace, and he's going to get killed. So it's going to be a sixty-yard field goal attempt. Is
0: this is a game you want. I mean, you're rooting for the Eagles in this one. If you're a Chiefs fan, I don't want to see Josh Allen in the playoffs. Uh, Bills looking like they're maybe getting a little right all of a sudden. Yeah,
2: you know, I, mean, I don't. I don't really care about the Jets game. That I mean, who cares? But this, this would be a big win for him. You know, And that being said, this is. I mean, it is a monsoon in Philadelphia, and this guy. <laughs> Is going to try to Jake Elliott a fifty nine yard attempt. I don't know. Buffalo has two timeouts. Damn it, call one. But I guarantee
1: way, you, if if he if he drills that kick, he's going straight over to Xfinity Live and he's riding the mechanical bull, guaranteed. <laughs> Dude, I,
2: I got to tell you, he hits this kick. That is one of the best kicks I've ever seen because not only he's is a, it, it, a long, this he's a great kicker. This is a bomb. It is on natural grass, and I'm, I mean it is pouring there. That is going to be a hard kick.
1: Two guys would drill it: Harrison Mevis and Harrison Butker. If your name's Harrison, that's just easy. Well,
2: Justin Tucker would hit this like an extra point, but I, yes. I mean, uh,
0: Terry would hit it.
2: This is a long kick, and it's on the paint at the midfield logo. Although the paint's basically gone at this point with all the rain. Philly, Philly beat themselves at the end of this game. I mean, two two big penalties on the center on Kelsey. I mean, and, uh, and two weird calls, a quarterback draw. I don't know what they were doing. Uh, here, here we go anyway for, for whatever it's worth, everybody. The kick is up. If it's got the distance, I think he's going to get it. He got it. He hit wow. it. Wow. I got to give him credit, man. That that son of a bitch would have been good from 65. That <laughs> I'll tell you, it was like, remember years ago, past, you'll, you'll probably remember that, Stojanovic, if you're old enough, Yeah. when Stojanovic kicked that field goal against Denver at Arrowhead to beat him. And yeah. that thing's like this far over. That ball was never more than 10 feet off the ground. And that <laughs> yeah. thing was just a missile. Well, that's pretty much what you just got from Jake Elliott. What was that? 50, 53,
0: 53, 54
2: yards. 54 yards, yeah. And Jake
1: I... Elliott only makes big kicks. Like that's he's not a great kicker, but if it's a game on the line wow. kick, Jake Elliott has stones. Dude what a drills kick. it. I, I want to go back to Lajarius Sneed very quickly yeah, with you guys. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. You're golden. I, I love the play by play. Keep it coming because I'm also <laughs> right. very intrigued by this. So you're doing a great yeah. job here, Kevin Harlan. Um, is it, it for, for me, Lajarius Sneed. I don't know if twenty millions where he's gonna be at, although I would say in the, the the past few weeks he's really made himself a lot of money because the fact he had a lot of versatility playing in the slot early on, his entire what, three and a half years and then half of this year, right? So the three and a half years total. He played a lot of slot, which if you look at slot corners around the NFL, that contract is not even close to an outside lockdown CB1. So I thought the Chiefs were actually doing a little uh, little sandbagging, if you will, trying to keep his contract down, trying to keep it more affordable. Because you look at Traverius Ward, that's a straight outside corner. Look what he got. So if LeJarrius Snead is now going to be paid as an outside corner, he's going over Traverius. That's going to be a oh, lot yeah. of money. And the Chiefs have also shown an affinity of finding almost anyone to have immediate success at cornerback. They have so much depth, so much talent. They churn through that. And when you have a tackle, a right tackle, Juwan Taylor, on a four-year, $20 million contract, right? That's a lot of money. I don't know where you find the money to pay Legarius Sneed. You're going to have to cut back somewhere. I don't like it. I hate it. I hope they find a way. But when they gave that contract to Juwan Taylor, my first thought process was, how do you pay the rest of these guys?
2: tell you what you could do. What you could do. Based on Taylor's structure, the Bills are kneeling on the ball. Is McDermott all right? They're kneeling on the ball. They got twenty seconds in a timeout, and they got Allen. Okay, overtime.
1: Thirteen seconds killed him. They they, they understand that uh, Josh what? Allen. Josh Allen late in games, he drops shrooms at halftime, and then the second half, he has no I mean, idea what's going on. It I could mean, be how anything.
2: Do you not take a shot at him. Whatever. Okay, I mean, I get it. What ball? Maybe. Should, man, he scored thirty-one points. Anyway, listen. I think the way you do it, if you want to, is you you. Tag Sneed, and then after next season, you cut John Taylor. That's what you do. That's what you do. Or you sign Sneed, and it's a low hit this year, and then next year that hits go up as as is their normal contract structure anyway. And then you get rid of him. I mean, because Taylor to this point, the the penalties are just insane. I mean, it, look, it's he's not been bad when he's blocking, but like the 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 fouls all the time, they're killing him. So yeah. I, you know. Uh, if I'm the Chiefs, like, am I that terrified I can't find a replacement for him in the draft?
1: Well, you might already have one with Wanye Morris. You could. Yeah. Right, you you could mean, you unless Wanya's your left tackle and, the, and they're they're still right. still mean, but either way, like,
2: You might. And even if you don't right, have the guy right now, maybe you go, all right, you know, what, what the hell? You know, draft the guy in the first, second round. I mean, you know, so I think you got an opportunity there.
0: Let's talk about Wanye Morris because he had a cameo in this game, his first real NFL action. Wandy e. Morris comes out on a crucial drive for the Chiefs. Plays a handful of snaps, and I thought he did a really nice job. He stood in tall. In particular, uh, you got a couple pancakes there, uh, so serving up a serving up a short stack. And then on that big screenplay to Pacheco that did it did score on, but they they called him down. Then they had to run a, another play. What did you guys think? Were you watching him when he came in? Because I was glued on the left tackle position once Donovan Smith went out.
2: I was not. Honestly, I'd have to go back and watch it. I I was not like I didn't notice him getting beat, but I I also wasn't like intently watching him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would he, agree he, with that. He did a really good job, and it, it's a small sample size, but I think if you were watching him, because you know we had him on the show earlier this summer, I was really curious to see him get in a little bit of action here. I don't think he's ready to be you know hey replace Donovan Smith with him right now, but you saw the glimpses of why he was a third round pick, why the Chiefs like him, put his guy on the ground a couple of times. Did a nice job. This is one you want to really cross your fingers for. Because if he works out as a third-round tackle for them, right or left, that's a big win for the Chiefs, and they're going to need him.
1: Yeah, I said that was my favorite draft pick the Chiefs made this this past draft. Um, you know he played left tackle all SEC at uh, Tennessee before he went to Oklahoma as a right tackle. I was very high on Wanye Morris. I love the production, the accolades uh, as a five star dude coming out of high school. I know it's high school, but again you have the the potential there. Uh, I've been very high on Wanye Morris. Again, I wasn't just diving deep onto just Wanye when he came in. Besides that first play when he really was trying to put, he was trying to make an impact that first play. He he was gonna wait until the whistle blew the, the echo of the whistle and then the echo the echo of the whistle i like that from him um i want to get to a couple of super chats here because there's one that i wanted to get to specifically and that was a rasheed rice we talked about it briefly want to give a shout out to mason here it says talk about rasheed being utilized to his fullest ability what does this provide mahomes and the wideout rotation going forward also did anyone notice our production uptick having these same guys in
2: i mean I think it's a good point about having the same guys in. I've been saying this for a while. Like, at some point, you got to cut the rotation out a little bit, right? It's like a basketball team. You can't play twelve guys all the time. You got to you got to pare down the rotation. I do think that helps. And also, like Rice in that game, the catch on the sideline, the catch on third down, the touchdown catch. Those are all examples of like. Nobody else in the team is making those plays. You have to continue to utilize them.
1: Uh, I also love this one. Great super chat from Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, Vernoram showing how to carry on a conversation and pay attention to a game, proving my wife wrong. Now he's got a kid to contend with. That's three things at once. Can he Two do kids, it?
2: Two kids, Wow. Two kids. All right. I'm getting the job done. By the way, to, to go full Kevin Harlan here, it is third and nine for the Bills at their own 26. And by the way, uh, an interesting footnote that CBS showed, Allen is 0-5 in overtime in his career, which mm. is crazy. Third and a full, I mean, nine and a half, really. This is, let's just, it's just uh, let's see, can Philly get off the field? They're bringing a blitz. They didn't get any pressure. He's got all day. Uh, he's got Davis for like, eh, like 12, 13, first down. If
0: the Bills lose this game, do you think it breaks them?
2: No, I don't, because they don't, they don't have a choice to be broken. They got to keep going, and they got to buy after this. But I'll tell you one thing. If they win this game, it's the kind of game that it writes you. Like the, the Jets game, I don't care. Who cares? I mean, that team's talk about a team that's broken. Okay. That team shattered on the floor in a million pieces. But I I think this is the kind of game, if you're Buffalo, you if you win it, you walk out of here going, all right, you know what? We're we're back. Now, I will say this. The problem with Buffalo is not. That they can win a game like this. The problem with Buffalo is can they consistently do it, which is why in the playoffs they get beat all the time, right? When you're when you are in the playoffs, this is obvious, but like you don't think about it this way a lot. You've got to be consistently great for a month. That's the problem with the Bills. They're not consistently great for like they'll play like this and then lose to New England. Like that's the problem. Whereas you know Philadelphia, Kansas City, they've shown the ability to just be spectacular. Diggs just dropped the easiest pass in the world, would have been a first down. Like, they've shown the ability of those teams to show, hey, look, we can just do it game after game after game. The Bills will do this and then turn around and, and lose a ridiculous game. That's why, frankly, for all their talent and their, their opportunity, they haven't gotten a Super Bowl. But this would be a huge game for the Bills. There's no question. Diggs, out of the know. How, that is a brutal drop. Man. He had the ball right in his hands. And then another third and nine. And uh, the Philly – look, Philadelphia is a hard place to play anyway. Now everybody's had an extra quarter to get liquored up, and it's pouring. So oh, yeah. uh, it's needless to say allowed loud at the link at the moment.
1: As a dude who live there, that is going to be an electric and maybe not in a good way crowd. Uh, Josh Allen, you got to be a lot of.
2: Allen just it- ran for 15 more first down.
1: Man, keeping them moving. I'd probably say look up for false starts as well. Look up for penalties, pre snap penalties for the Bills in that type of atmosphere right there with the rain, with the crowd in overtime. That's a lot to deal with.
2: Yep. Hey, Reddick had him dead to rights. I, I don't want to give it to him. He's playing his, his ass off in this game. Great move to make Reddick miss. But anyway, now listen, you know what? I think overall right now, with the Chiefs, big picture, like they're eight and three. They're at the moment tied atop the conference. I mean, if Baltimore wins their half game ahead, Chiefs are the breaker on them. So it's really just a matter of the bye week. The Chiefs just need to keep winning games that they should win. I mean, whether we're talking about this week or the Packers next week, or we're talking about, I mean, they have a three-game stretch after Buffalo where they play the Raiders, the Patriots, and the, and the Bengals. I mean, you got to win those three games. Those games are, I mean, th- that's just knocking down the pins, man. Like those games at this time of year, those are those should be hammer jobs. Those should be just bang, 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 right down the board, right? I mean, that should be easy. So if you're the Chiefs, These game, every game to me, other than the Bills game, and I'm including the Chargers, you should win those games. Period. And even the Bills game, I think they should win. But like, you know, but like, that's a hard game. That's a tough game. These other games, they're not tough games. They're not like these are games you should handle business. And if they do that, they're going to be the number one seed. So if you're the Chiefs, just keep focusing. On you can do better, man. Keep getting Rice more involved. Work on getting Kelsey open. Run the ball, Pacheco. Let the defense continue to do what it's doing that's a winning formula for this football team. It has been all year long. And the biggest thing right now is eliminating turnovers and it's eliminating drops. And if they do those two things, they're going to be in very good shape.
1: Two very quick things. I love Sky Moore's hokey-doke on Marcus Peters. That was just awesome to watch. <laughs> just just juked him and then trucked him. That was, that was very fun. And also Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, I don't know with this Eddie Lacy body he's rocking now, but he looks a little better. He somehow looks bigger, stronger, and also more explosive, maybe because he's not getting much work. He also had a very nice run that got called back because of a Jawan Taylor holding penalty. I don't mind the the three or four CEH snaps anymore. I, I went into the season going, what the hell is he doing getting three or four snaps? And now I'm sitting here going, well, if he's going to run like that. He, he's giving Pacheco a breather. I can I can deal with that.
0: Yeah, well, the point is you're okay with three or four CEH snaps, if they're actually running the football with Pacheco like 15 times in the game. if Pacheco's getting six to eight carries, you don't want to see CEH on the field. I will say I, I, the vein in my head was pulsing when he got when he was in there on the on the goal line. I'm like, you got this guy who runs like a hammer. Get him out there. Um, that to hey, be crazy. He got, you to, he got you to the one with a very tough run right he beforehand.
1: He may have even been in. So I understand. You know Andy's going to try and do uh, do right by his guys.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Patrick. Like, that stuff. Look, the one thing I got to give Andy credit for, I got to give it to him. Because I kill him on this. I've been killing him for years. Last couple of games on third and short, like they've run like a football team. They just handed the ball to Pacheco. And that's it. That's I, That's all we do now. Whereas before, it was like, you know what would be great here? If we ran jet sweep with Leo Chenal that would be great. Now, at least we have like an actual normal play call. So that's nice. That's an, like they had a third and one day. It was the third quarter. And I was like, oh God, here it comes. Like they just handed off off tackle. And Pacheco just ran over a linebacker for six yards. I was like, that's great. Like that's what they ought to do. And they're finally doing
0: it. The, the way Pacheco runs, if he gets, I know he, he averaged 3.7 yards per carry in this game. He never stops. He's the energizer bunny. It's incredible. Never stops turning his legs, punishing runner. And I think that if they can ride him at the end of games, I, I think teams are just going to be like, man, please throw the ball. Like, don't make me tackle this dude again. He's also the kind of guy
2: that there are certain guys in the league, they just don't want to tackle him. Just don't. Like, they're not going to tackle him. They're going to put his shoulder into him, and they're going to bounce off, and that's it. Like, I was just talking to somebody in the league the other day. And this is a weird thing. This doesn't come from me. It's come from an NFL player who was like, people think every NFL player is tough. And they're like, maybe by like regular human being standards they are tough. But there's a lot of guys in the NFL that we don't consider tough. Like they don't want to make that tackle. They don't want to lower that helmet. They don't want to get in there. And that is, uh, you know, I mean, heh, listen, when you got a guy like Pacheco, I don't care who you are. I mean, after a while, you're like, damn, this guy again. I don't, I don't want to hit this guy again, by the way. I don't know what just happened. Allen had Davis – when I say open, I mean like so open that Davis was backpedaling, flailing for the ball, missed him. Would have been a walk-in touchdown. So now it's fourth and seven. Oh, my God. He had him so open. You know what I think it was? I think Allen thought he was going to break toward the middle and he ran a corner. Oh, my God. Oh, they they just (laughs) – literally they just showed the box – and they just showed Joe Brady and he just said oh my god. I mean he's <laughs> open as the so open it was incredible. Now a 40 yarder. Game will not end on a field goal obviously. Yes. Kick is up and good. So the Bills have the lead but the Eagles get the ball now a 552 to go. So there
0: you go. Sorry about that fellas. The uh the the AOL dial up is having a, a rough night. So connected to my phone. Apologize for the connection issues. I saw our guy Lucas in the chat say and I thought this is Kind of crazy, Rasheed Rice now has more career receiving yards than Sky Moore.
2: <laughs> that is not surprising.
0: Uh, it's not surprising, but it, it does it, it does hurt. Um, Sterling, what do you think becomes of of Sky Moore at this point? Does he sort of slowly start to to fade away into a, a role player type role?
1: I actually have an interesting thought here. If Rasheed Rice starts playing more on the outside. You're going to see Sky Moore's production improve because right now Rasheed Rice has played a lot at slot. Which again, because Rasheed Rice is better than Sky Moore, he's playing a power slot role. In the words of Adam Best, he's been very effective there. But we're starting to see the transition of Rasheed Rice from slot to more outside. Sky Moore is not an outside wide receiver; that's not his role. He does not thrive there. He is better when he's in the slot. So I do wonder if Rasheed Rice moves and transitions to almost entirely on the outside. Would Sky Moore? get a little better if he's back to playing in his normal position in the slot. Again, maybe I'm just a little too optimistic here, but just a thought process I have.
2: Can I can I say something that sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm dead serious? Can they just play him at left bench and just be done with it? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be a, a jerk. I'm serious. Like, he's not good enough to be on the field. He's not. Like The guy gets starter snaps every single game, every game. Like, without fail, gets starter snaps every game. And going into the day, he had what? Because he had three for 34 today. So he has now 20 catches for 239 yards in 11 games. I'm sorry. I know has been awful this year. I get it, guys. Like, I'm not blind. I was at the game on Monday night, okay? I got a nice all-22 view of that bad boy as, as it came down. Watson has his issues. but You're going to tell me that, like, MVS isn't better than Sky Moore? that Watson isn't better than Skymore, that Rice isn't clearly better than Skymore, that Tony, when he's healthy, isn't better than Skymore. And none of these guys, like I'm not putting any of these guys in the Hall of Fame here, but like <laughs> they're all better than Skymore, man. And I'm not like, I'm not trying to bag on him personally insult him, nothing like that. It's just, it's what it is. He's not one of their better receivers, even in a really bad room. I just think at some point you have to just be real with yourself and say, look, he is just not of the caliber of player that needs to be on the field right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I don't know if everybody agrees, disagrees, whatever. That's how I feel at this point with
0: him. It's, I mean, it's hard to argue. He, the production's not there. And when you're looking at another week of Marquez Vada Scantling with one reception for negative a negative one yard, yeah, he he threw a block, great. A lot of guys can block. Um, he's another one that you're sort of like. It look if he's if he's right if he's playing the same sort of role as Watson, then just play Watson because even though he had his issues in the last game, at least he produces on occasion, right? He's got a pulse MVS this year. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he's just, you know, he's just lost a step and it's, he's just not able to be effective, but you're 10 games into the season here. I mean, What are you doing? Having him go out there eating up snaps. It's like, it, it's as our, and I tried to argue it. I defended him earlier in the season, but as Adam Best has been calling him, the all cardio team, he's out there running wind sprints. Maybe put somebody out there who might have a chance to catching the ball. I, and I'm not trying to, to to crap on MVS, but it just it is what it is, man. The production is not there for the snaps. It's not.
2: It's not. I guess my feeling is I've watched MVS like play huge and huge games. Like I've seen him do it. He has, he's been awful this year. I'm not arguing any of that. I'm not. Oh, I'm not taking up for MVS. Don't don't take this the wrong way. But my whole thing is like, by the way, the the Bills are just doing everything they can to lose this game. The Bills lose this game. Oh my god, that is going to be rough radio in Western New York. Um, but no, I I just feel like I watched MVS in that AFC title game when everybody was out and they needed him, and it was like, all right, man, this guy's going to get the job done. Skymore, in that game, kudos to him, had a huge punt return all that, but man, like, if you say to me, who am I more confident in? I mean, the answer is nobody. But I'm more confident in MVS than I am in Skymore. But listen, I'll hear the argument the other way. I get it.
1: Uh, I want to get to a super chat from Daniel here. He says, I still hate the shotgun on the one yard line on the first score. We scored, but I wish they would just run up the gut. So I actually had a chance to talk to Kendall Gammon about this. And, and you know, he, he was a little non my, my My thought process was the Chiefs don't run a ton from under center to begin with, right? Like, how often they ran a little bit more in this game when they're doing these jet sweeps, and they actually, I think, did on the third and one, if I'm not mistaken. But a lot of times they're in the shotgun, right? Creed Humphrey and Mahomes are used to taking the snap from the shotgun. I know they're professionals, but that's what they're used to. So I think part of the thought process here is let's try and keep those guys comfortable, the transition comfortable. I know that means Pacheco's not necessarily getting a running start, but also you're, you're somewhat hoping when you're going at a shotgun, you might have less guys in the box. You're going to have some wide receivers on the outside compared to everyone being bunched in. I don't know your guys' thought process here, but as much as I do hate seeing them run from under shotgun or from out of shotgun, I think part of me also understands Mahomes at Tech play out of shotgun. Creed Humphrey at Oklahoma snapped out of shotgun. That's what they're comfortable with.
0: Well, it was look a much-needed win for the Chiefs. We've got to we've got to send Matt Verderam off here so he can uh, he can do solo commentary on this Eagles uh, Bills finish here. Verram thanks for joining us. We're going to have you on later in the month to talk more Chiefs. Appreciate getting your perspective on the game. Have a great week, brother. No problem. Thanks, right. guys. See you, man. That was Matt Verderam, Sports Illustrated, dropping by to give us his insight and 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 thankfully not too much of a Verder After this game, which I mean, it would have been if things kept going the way it was early in the game, Sterling. Good God, it would have been something. Um, So Sterling, do you feel after this game that, you know, the Chiefs had 360 total yards? The Raiders do not have a great defense. They do have Max Crosby, although he was banged up. Chiefs had 6.2 yards per play, 291 yards passing. They averaged 8.3 yards per pass, which has been great uh, as far as they've performed this year. Do you feel like the offense is fixed or is it at least back on the right track? How do you feel about it heading into a game at Lambeau Field against a Packers team that they're not great, but they're frisky and they play pretty decent defense?
1: Uh, no, it's not fixed. And I think it's a perplexing question because I think people are going to try and say, is the offense fixed as a, is it what it once was in twenty eight in 2018? Is, is the offense back to where they're putting up 35 a game? And and all these explosive plays where they're leading the league in 20-plus yards and 40-plus yard plays. And the answer is no. They don't have the horses for that, right? That's not what this team is built around. Now, if you want to say fixed is, are they going to try and understand that they don't have those guys? Are they going to try and say, all right, we understand we are not a big play team. And we are going to take what's given. We're going to play smart football. We're not going to try and force the issue. Because we saw that this game. Again, I tried asking you guys, and you guys agreed. Mahomes did not make a bad pass this game as far as he did not force the ball. He did not put the ball in harm's way. Okay? When when, when Tyree Kale and even Juju was here, right? At times, they're, they're going to try and throw and make some 50-50 balls. You, you're not seeing that because... The Chiefs cannot afford to lose their turnover battle. They can't afford to fall behind and get behind the sticks. They're not as explosive as they once were. The the team is built different. It's a different iteration. So if you're stuck on uh, the 2018 version, you're not going to see that. And I think Jeremy puts this very eloquently. It's not fixed, but I think they found their true identity.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think this was really what it was always going to be. And I think it's it's not so much of a different offense than it was last year. It's just the players have changed a little bit. There's some inexperience and it's not working. You know what I mean? It's like it's like a it's like it's like a car with a bad part. It like it's it's still on the road, but it's not performing. It needs to be fixed. And that's what the Chiefs need to do in the second half of the season is continue to build on what they found in this game. What works who, more importantly, who works, right? Like Rasheed Rice works. Throwing the ball to the backs out of the backfield works. So if you're having success with that, with Isaiah Pacheco, with Jarek McKinnon, I mean, those, those two can have a ton of receiving yards for the rest of this year as far as I'm concerned. Once Jet gets healthy, keep throwing the ball to those guys. I think it adds another dimension to this offense. They haven't been doing it enough in the first half of the season. If you look at the Chiefs in this game on offense, after the atrocious start and the bad start on defense, They went uh, 12 plays, 71 yards for a touchdown. Eight plays, 79 yards for a touchdown. Then it was a half. Then they came out out of the half, 10 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. That was huge because, as you pointed out earlier in the show, Sterling, they weren't scoring in the second half. They came out, put together a long touchdown drive right out of the gate. Fantastic. And then then they had a three and out. And then they went six plays, 75 yards, touchdown. I mean, that was pretty much it after that. They had a couple bad drives in that second half but when you think about the fact that they basically took the first quarter and a half off and they scored 31 points so they basically scored 31 you know i mean like that that's a great sign again not a world beater defense um by the way I just got this uh touched on jalen hurts uh i think that's it for the buffalo bills um they're in trouble um so this was great this was a great step forward for the chiefs and they need to go next week, Sunday night football against a better defense in green Bay in Lambeau. It's going to be cold and they need to do this again, maybe even a little bit better. They should handle the Packers. That quarterback's not very good. They can run the ball a little bit. If the chiefs can do that, I think they're going to start to get some momentum because as Matt pointed out when he was talking about the schedule, then they've got Buffalo at Arrowhead. Then New England, which is a tire fire right now. They get Vegas again at Arrowhead on Christmas Day. The Bengals with no quarterback. And and they finish off the season with the Chargers. Sterling, what do you think the odds are the Chiefs went out? I think fairly high. I think the Bills
1: game is obviously going to be um, a tough one. The Bills just th- – that's their Super Bowl. I mean, that is. Uh, yeah. I is. They're very inconsistent, but – you never know. I mean, Josh Allen's the only guy that comes close to when he is on, when Josh Allen is on, he's the only quarterback that come, that comes close to Mahomes, right? But he's yep. not always on. The issue is he typically always is on when he plays Kansas City, and that's, and, and that's what it comes down to. It all comes down to what Josh Allen does. Josh Allen was electric in this game, but he had one bad interception, and that's why they lost this game. I mean, there's obviously a plethora of other reasons, but if you want to look at just the box score numbers, that was the uh, – the, the outlier, if you will. Um, but really, the, the Chiefs do have an easier schedule to end this season, which is fascinating because you went into this year going, this is very difficult, a very hard schedule. It's Again, it's always going to be a first-place schedule. And now you sit back going, you know what? It's not quite as bad as we once originally thought. I do want to give a little Chiefs injury update here. Andy Reid said Skymore tweaked his left knee. Left tackle Donovan Smith got a stinger and then Trey Smith hurt his foot at the end. Uh, Sky Moore was wearing a sleeve on that knee. And he followed up by saying, All of them should be okay. Well,
0: that's good news. That's good news. Uh, it's it's also a war of attrition. And if the Chiefs can be healthy, that's going to help them big time down the stretch here. You're right about that Bills team. So they're six and six now. They're going into a bye week. When they come back, they're going to be, they're out of, they'll be out of, the, they're on the playoff team right? By the time they get back on the field, that game in Kansas city is backs against the wall. Last chance. They can't lose it. They can't lose it. They may not even make the playoffs. So for the chiefs, if they can take care of business against Packers and get out of there healthy, they better be ready for Buffalo to come out like a boxer who, who, who's got power, but he's been getting hammered for 11 rounds and he knows all his only shot is to throw Haymakers the whole 12th round and hope he can land a knockout punch. That's how Buffalo Buffalo is going to, they are going to empty the clip at the chiefs on December 10th at Arrowhead. They're going to pull it, They're not going to hold anything back, trick plays, whatever they need to, to try to win that game against Kansas city. So it'll be a good sort of, it'll be a good sort of playoff preview for the chiefs because that's essentially what it's going to be for Buffalo's playoff game.
1: Yeah, no, I 100% completely agree. Uh, Matt Connor in the comments right now is cracking my ass up. Uh, he's re- it's my hairstyle. I want the feathered look today. I went with the yeah. old school. F- well, I did that because, you know, the Chiefs lost and I had to switch it up because I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. I uh, want to give a quick update for everyone listening right now. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys so much for enjoying what we do. Means the world to us. As a heads up, we are 25 subs to go from 20,000 on YouTube. So if you guys want to do us a huge solid, if you're listening, you like what we do, even if you hate us, but you're like, you know what? These guys seem relatively nice. Nice. Go ahead and like this. Go ahead and subscribe. Let's get to 20K. That would mean a lot to us. Two more super chats. I'm going to get to very quickly with you, uh, Patrick, here. Uh, one from Bay Fiore. Uh, thank you so much for the uh, super chat. says, Chiefs need to get out of a sea biscuit mode. Um, Got to get our C biscuit mode. And then one from Rhett. Rhett says MVS appeared not to be on the field as much as he has been. Pat still missed some wide open guys, and offensive tackles need to stop with the penalties. I think it's all pretty astute right there. You know, um, MVS, I'm, I'm fine with him not being on the field a ton. I, I've been saying, I think we've all been saying for a long yeah. time, we want to see more Rasheed Rice eventually when Kadarius Toney is healthy. you want to see more Kadarius Toney as well. Um, but yeah, the tackles, again, I, I'm still a little nervous in a big time moment. Will those guys not necessarily hold up, but will they not hold? Will they not have a penalty? Because that still remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, it sure does. And, and by the way, everybody, as Sterling mentioned we're about to hit 20,000 subscribers. It was Thanksgiving this week. We are thankful for all of you. Hopefully you checked out our Thanksgiving special where we previewed the Raiders game. Uh, this has been an incredible ride on this podcast. The fact that we're about to hit 20K subscribers is incredible. You guys are the best. If you're new here and you're not subscribed yet, help us out. Uh, maybe we can get, get it done here by the end of this podcast. Sterling, what would you think of that? Uh, we did talk about this. The flea flicker, the little razzle dazzle. See, I feel like if that play had gone bad, everybody would have been losing their minds. You know? The reason why I loved it was because it was after a big,
1: perfectly thrown ball by Mahomes. Yeah. I loved it because that, to me, and I said it at the halftime show, it almost felt like a, a team that got their swagger back. It opened them up and they started to play a little looser. And mm-hmm. that's what it was. After that completely Mahomesian throw, right? That, that's a throw that only Mahomes seemingly makes. It was gorgeous, and it, we ha- I was thinking back. I don't know how often I've seen that throw from him this year, where I'm just, just audibly awed, just in awe. And I was on that throw from Travis Kelsey, and then they ran that little double flea flicker. Yeah, perfect time because I, I, if they got their swagger back,
0: they stopped playing tight. They loosened up.
1: It I'm was with nice. you.
0: It's one of those plays that it's it when you're struggling at anything especially if it's something that you generally enjoy doing. And then all of this it's like, it's, 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 it's an awful feeling, right? Cause it's like, I, what, you know, I know you like to golf, right? Like it, all of a sudden, something that you really enjoy starts becoming, you get tight. It's, it's frustrating you. It's not fun anymore. It rips the joy out of it for you. That's kind of what the chief's offense has been this year. They run that flea flicker. And you know what else I loved was when after Justin Watson caught that touchdown, and then he got in that Raiders player's pace because he laid him out two seconds before that, and Watson got up and caught a touchdown. You never like taking penalties, but I was 100% for that penalty. Play with some attitude, man. Like the Raiders, credit the Raiders and the, and the coaching staff who's coming for Josh McDaniels. Like, they're still playing hard. They're playing with passion. They want to win. They're not laying down and rolling over. Well, the Chiefs offense isn't either. And when Watson got that penalty, I was like, yes, yes. Get fired up. Get frustrated. Show them that they can knock you down. You're going to pop right back up and catch a touchdown pass. You don't, you're, not, you're not going to be phased by this. I loved it. More of that, minus the penalties, but more of that passion and fire from the Chiefs offense. Having a little bit of fun. I liked the flea flicker call from Andy. I'm glad it worked because if it, if it didn't work, I think people would have gotten frustrated because they would have pointed and said, we don't need to do that. We just need to run the ball and blah, 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 blah. But I'm with you, Sterling. The Chiefs offense needed some swagger. It looks like they're getting some of it back. You want to uh, hand out some hardware here? Yeah.
1: yeah. One quick arrowhead I want to give to someone yeah. is is the Kevin Harlan, Kansas City announcer jinx award. Because right before Daniel Carlson lined up for that 30 yarder in the first quarter, um, Kevin Harlan, before he kicked, said he was like 45 in a row from 30 yards. And in. he's yet to miss from this distance. What did he do? a foot behind the ball, his foot comes down, Chunk gouges the earth, and he shanks that thing. God bless Thank us. you, Kevin Harlan, and your Kansas City love for coming through.
0: Yeah, and the, and the announcer last week during the Philadelphia game, and unfortunately didn't end up working out for the Chiefs in the long run, waited until after Harrison Butker made a field goal and then said Harrison Butker has not missed a kick all year, <laughs> which I appreciated. And when Harlan mentioned it before the Raiders kicker kicked, I was like, God bless you, man. He knows what's up. He's a Chiefs fan. Everybody knows. Everybody knows he's secretly a Chiefs fan. He's got to try to stay stay impartial. Um, We're going to give out some arrowheads, but just a quick AFC update. Now that that Buffalo game is over, listen to this. The Chiefs the one seed. Jaguars, two. Dolphins, three. Ravens, four. All of those teams are eight and three. Pittsburgh Steelers, somehow, God bless Mike Tomlin, seven and four. They're, they're, they're the they're the five seed. The Browns, who have no quarterbacks and who lost today, they're also seven and four, and they're a playoff team. Then you got the Indianapolis Colts at six and five, who are, who are a little frisky with Gardner Minshew there and Jonathan Taylor. The Houston Texans with CJ Stroud, who lost a heartbreaker to the Jaguars today. They're going to make a run for one of those playoff spots. Then Denver. Then the Buffalo Bills. It's six and six, then the Bengals, then the Raiders and the Chargers. If I, I mean, would you believe me if I told you at the beginning of the season that neither the Bengals nor the Bills, not only would they maybe not make the playoffs, would not even be close to making the playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's uh, if you put money on it. You'd be making
1: a lot of money right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's give out some hardware. You guys let us know in the chat on YouTube. Make sure you hit that like button. Who gets an arrowhead from you for their performance in today's game? You can give out more than one, just like we can. Sterling, why don't you kick us off? Give away some hardware. Who earned their arrowheads?
1: Yeah, first one I want to go with is Creed Humphrey. I think he's yes. been overlooked, which is interesting because he is the best center. You know Him and Jason Kelsey, whatever you want to go with, the best center in the NFL. And it almost went to a point where he was getting a lot of credit and then it felt like it was almost getting taken for granted. In the past two games specifically, against the Eagles and against the Raiders, is a little something extra. A little something extra from Creed Humphrey. And I feel like I have to give Creed Humphrey some more credit. So offensively, I'm going Creed Humphrey. Defensively, um, good one. I'm going to go with... I will go with Legereus Sneed. I feel like it's a little bit of a cop-out answer, but I love the way he adjusted, right? Because he had been rolling so hot for so long. And in the grand scheme of things, you get 73 yards to Devontae Adams, that's a hell of a game when you're on him the entire time. Now, you get 73 and one half, that's a bad half. But what did he do? Something we needed to see, adjustments. He brought it, he did it, that was huge. So for me, Legereus Snead's adjustments was massive.
0: Yeah, we got some in the chat as well. I see Carl uh, Loftus, Rice, both good ones, absolutely. Yeah, Carl Loftus, another sack in this one. I think he's now hit his total or surpassed his total from last year. That's fantastic news if you're a, if you're a George Carl Loftus truther. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, look, man, I got to give one to Drew Tranquil again. I know he keeps popping up. Eight tackles, two tackles for a loss in this game. What just an absolute home run signing for the Chiefs with Nick Bolton out. I can't wait till Bolton gets back, and then we've got those three linebackers running around there causing havoc. The fact that the Chiefs haven't missed too much of a beat without Nick Bolton is—is is it just all credit to Drew Tranquil? Uh, what a signing! Um, so nice to see him playing for the for the good guys and not the bad guys anymore. On the offensive side of the ball, look, man—it's—it's—it's—it's got to be Rasheed Rice. And the, the most impressive thing that he did to me today was that catch on the sideline that what he was covered like white on rice, and he went up high and high-pointed the ball and got his feet down, as, as you were talking about him maybe playing outside a little bit more, that was like a Dwayne Bowien, like play right there. And if he can do that, along with the what he can do right after the catch and out of the slot, that's super, super exciting. It was a little bit of a coming-out party for him today. Uh, Angry Drunken German with the Super Chat. Appreciate you. Uh, James in the return game. No fumbles, no dumb decisions, and a few solid efforts. Return game no longer makes us sweat. Your guy Richie James getting getting an arrowhead from angry drunken German. Uh, and there was Hell just yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to give a shout out uh, an arrowhead here, a second one to Isaiah Pacheco. Now I know you're going to look at this and say, okay, well you know, okay, we average 3.7 yards per carry. Yeah, man, but uh, he did his damage right. Two touchdowns, helped out in the passing game. Patrick Mahomes is the brain of this offense. Isaiah Pacheco is the heartbeat. That guy is, you know, he's he's beaten 100 beats per minute. He's, he's on yeah, he he like three lines before every snap. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's incredible. He brings the juice every time, every play. Um, did you see the block that he put on Crosby where he just like got down and just – rammed his head into Crosby's midsection. Mm. I mean, there's there's chipping as they said on the broadcast and then there's Isaiah Pacheco. I just he's just he's quickly becoming one of my favorite Chiefs ever. And it's the effort, right? I think that's always what impresses us with with guys that become our favorite Chiefs players is the guys that just give the maximum effort for the team. And that guy, man, like I don't know, I don't know how long of a career he's going to have playing like that, but um, I hope it's a long one because he's fantastic. Yeah, it's a
1: star, it's shining bright, but for how long that remains to be seen. Uh, right. Sean says we haven't talked about the Kelsey milestone yet. He went over what 11,000 yards receiving for his NFL career, which is just unreal. I mean, that is absolutely bonkers. He's on pace again for another thousand yard receiving season, even in a down year for Travis Kelsey. You know, even in a year where, like, you know, he looks a little slow, maybe a little off, he still is the best tight end in football. I want to give a quick shout out to Max Crosby. Uh, Max Crosby is always a joy to watch. I really wish he was on the Kansas City Chiefs, but you know, he does do a pretty good job of uh, representing uh, the Raiders. That's that's he is a perfect Raider with all those tattoos, his his attitude, his mindset. I believe he was the only player who's been listed as doubtful this season to actually suit up in a game and not just suit up to try and keep his streak alive of never missing a game, which is already phenomenal. Got a sack in this one too. Was it a coverage sack? Sure it was, but still huge hat tip to Max Crosby in the Mahomes Crosby little rivalry continues.
0: Yeah. And he didn't want to come out of the game. I mean, yeah, he's a Raider and so, you know, the hell with him. Right. But I, you, part of the fun of watching this game, like I always begrudgingly respected Phillip Rivers because he was just such a competitor, even though I hated his guts because he was a Charger. Oh, damn um, it, Patrick. You know, I, I, it's begr, begrudging respect. And uh, it's, I feel the same way about Max Crosby, man. That dude plays so hard. He's incredible. Uh, I hate having us having to go up against him twice a year. I'm glad we usually get the better of him, but he's, he's, he's another one of those players that's just really fun to watch. Um, Joshua says that guy has a motor and a mouth. Yeah, he sure does. He sure does have a motor and a mouth. Um, look, man, we're in good shape. The Chiefs are back; they're back in the win column. They're back atop the AFC. Um, so how are you going to handle uh, the 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 Chargers Ravens game, Sterling? Are you, gonna, are you gonna are you gonna cheer for the Chargers, oh,
1: dude? I don't know, man.
0: Um, I guess, dude, that hurts. I guess just me against, me just against the Ravens.
1: It's like me and the seven Chargers fans, there's going to be eight of us, are going to be rooting for the Chargers. It's going to be great.
0: <laughs> that game is just about to kick off. It's a big one uh, as, as far as you're concerned if you're a Chiefs fan because a Charger winning that one, look, the Chargers are a long way from causing any problems for the Chiefs in the division. But what they can do is do the Chiefs a solid, knock off Baltimore, give Chiefs the Chiefs sole possession of that uh you know that one seed in the AFC and also another AFC loss to the Baltimore Ravens we'll see how that one pans out we're going to be back this week with our regular schedule of shows Tuesday Wednesday and of course Thursday and then we'll be there for our pregame, halftime and postgame show on Sunday Night Football when the Chiefs hit the Lambo to take on the Packers thank you for your support this week we love you guys if you want to become a member of the Arrowhead Act podcast check the link in the description and if uh Uh, you know if you want to do super chats that's a great way to support us or you can leave us a five star review over on Apple Podcasts that one is free Uh, thank you to Matt from Sports Illustrated for dropping by tonight thank you to Sterling Holmes uh, our co-host as always uh, for his beautiful lovely feathered hair and producer Richard uh, for making sure the stream works we'll see you guys next week but until then as always go Chiefs
3: bet.